And on the line with us right now is the Honorable Carl Rove. He was a senior advisor and deputy chief of staff during the George W. Bush administration. And he's also a Republican policy advisor. Welcome to the Cats Roundtable. Thanks for having me. Mr. Rove, uh, what the heck is going on in the Republican Party? I mean, you're, 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 the, you're one of the big gurus. Uh, give us your thoughts on what happened in Georgia, uh, what's happening in uh, uh, with cinema, uh, Senator Cinema in Arizona, and then we'll go on. Yeah. Well, Georgia, uh, you know, we, on election day in November, um, the Republican ticket, with the exception of one person, won outright. In Georgia, they have a requirement that you have to get 50 percent of the vote uh, on, in November. Uh, otherwise, you have to go into a runoff. And every Republican statewide candidate, including the labor commissioner and the attorney general and the insurance commissioner and the secretary of state, all won and won by pretty healthy margins, uh, led by Governor Brian Kemp, who won by about eight points. But 203,000 votes behind him was Herschel Walker. And what was interesting was the difference between what Governor Kemp got and what Herschel Walker got was basically Republican-leaning voters who could not bring themselves to vote for him. About 18,000 Republicans voted for Brian Kemp for governor and left their ballot blank for the Senate race. About 58,000 of them voted for Brian Kemp for governor and voted for the Libertarian for for Senate. And about 120-some-odd thousand voted for Brian Kemp, and because they couldn't uh, bring themselves to vote for uh, for uh, Walker, voted for Raphael Warnock, the Democrat senator. And um, that, that that propelled Warnock into the runoff with a, with a lead of about 37,000 votes over uh, over Walker. And what happened in the runoff was it, that the energy went out when we, when we didn't take control of the Senate. They're sort of like Republicans said, we don't need to turn out. <clears throat> and vote because the issue of the Senate is settled. And as a result, uh, we had uh, Walker lose in the runoff by about 100,000 votes. We went into uh, uh, the fall saying we're going to have a gigantic victory, a, a red wave. Your, your gut feeling, uh, you've been around for a while like I have. What happened? Well, we had a lot of candidates who at the end of the day, Republicans and Republican-leading independents couldn't vote for. Think about this. Three and a half million more people voted for Republican candidates for the for the U.S. House than voted Democrat. We had huge waves in some red states. Ohio, which used to be a battleground state, the Republican governor won re-election by 26 points with a serious Democrat opponent, and the entire Republican ticket swept in with, you know, 15, 20, 21, 22 percent margins, winning margins over their Democrat opponents. We saw in Florida the entire Republican ticket got swept into office, last office held by Democrats, the Ag commissioners now held by Republicans, super Republican majorities in the House and State Senate. We pick up a number of congressional seats. DeSantis wins a huge victory. Texas, same thing happened. We won, we beat Robert Francis O'Rourke, our entire statewide ticket, won by double digits. And, uh, and yet we had uh, these losses and, and failed to pick up seats in the House. I've counted 11 seats in the House of Representatives where there's huge ticket splitting, where people vote for Chris Sununu, for example, in New Hampshire with 57% of the vote as a Democrat opponent at 42 uh, and yet uh, he's running well ahead of the two Republican congressional candidates. And the reason was because we ended up with some knuckleheads who were endorsed by President Trump without proper vetting. 
And uh, Republicans went into the voting booth and said, I'm voting for, you know, uh, Tiffany Smiley in Washington state, but I'm not going to vote for that guy, Joe Kent, Kent, who ended up being a QAnon advocate and saying the most extreme things about January 6th and uh, and who runs persistently behind Tiffany Smiley by three to six points in every district, uh, excuse me, every county in the district. People said, I'm voting for Mike DeWine for governor in, in the state of Ohio, but I'm not voting for this J.R. Majewski in the ninth district, whom Trump endorsed because he'd had a big display in his front yard for Trump in the 2020 election. And Trump had seen it and said, said that that's my guy. He claimed to be a combat veteran. Turned out he was never in combat, claimed to have been in Afghanistan and Iraq. Turned out he was he was a loader on the on the flight line in Qatar for three months. And not only that, but it turned out the reason he got reduced in rank in the military was not a bar fight. It was that he was driving drunk on a, a military base with a major with a huge piece of equipment after 9-11. And, and we had we had time after time after time gave away seats like that. North Carolina first district. Bush carried it twice. Romney carried it. McCain carried it. Trump carried it twice. Longtime Democrat retires. It should be our seat. Trump endorses a woman named Sandy Smith without doing any vetting on her or any background check. If he had, he would have found out that in two of her previous four marriages that she was uh, that she was charged with spousal abuse. She beat the heck out of her husband's. And as a result, we lost a seat that should have fallen into our hands. And think what the House would look like today if rather than 222, we were 231 and the Democrats, rather than being at 213, were uh, or excuse me, 200, yeah, 200. Uh, yeah, 13, they were at 201. It'd be a big, different story. So quality of candidates matters. And what we saw in this election was the return of the ticket splitter. It was a bunch of Republicans who said, I can't bring myself to endorse somebody who is subpar or unqualified for office. I think that's a pretty good analysis that uh, uh, the Democrats voted Democratic and and the Republicans did not hold the line. Yeah, look, think about Arizona. We have a Republican who gets elected state treasurer, a former state legislator running for state treasurer. She runs 200,000 votes ahead of the Republican U.S. Senate candidate. Now, something's going on. Part of those are Republicans. The difference, part of them are independents. But it says something about a candidate at the top of the ticket that he runs that far behind somebody who's at the bottom of the ticket. Something fundamentally wrong when we put up candidates who are so uh, you know, poor in making the case for for our principles and for the reason that they ought to be elected. Uh, who is the leader of the Democratic Party? Who's calling the shots right now? Well, Joe Biden is. But, uh, you know, to me, it, it was really amazing. One of the most amazing things about this election is the Republicans take the House. The Democrats escape a disaster in the Senate simply because we made mistakes on our side. And, Trump, and, and, uh, and, and Biden is asked the day after the election, what are you going to do differently? And he says nothing. Because the more people find out about what we're doing, the more popular we become. I mean, what universe is that guy living in? People did not vote for this election as a, as a, as a vote of confidence in Joe Biden. They voted in this election uh, to say we want the best person in there representing our conservative values and views, but we can't vote for that particular Republican. Otherwise, a handful of votes in Nevada, 10,000 votes or less in Nevada, would have given us a 50-50 Senate. Uh, you know, a uh, 38,000 votes in Georgia in November would have given us a Republican 51-49 Senate. But, uh, you know, we just we just ended up with bad candidates and, and Biden is going to is going to re- regret 
thinking that he all he has to do is keep doing more of the same because that's not what the American people wanted. Uh, Mr. Rove, we got a minute left. Anything else you want to tell the American people? Uh, what do you think of Friday's development with uh, Senator Cinema? Well, I think it's really interesting. It's uh, uh, you know, it's it, it says something about uh, Arizona now comes big into play for us in 2024, and it says something about the continuing inability of the Democrats to have have cohesion. I mean, they've now got two Mavericks. Uh, Mansion and Cinema, and while they may have 51 in the Senate, the, 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 those two Mavericks have, have, have demonstrated a willingness to break from their party on on big issues and represent a more centrist viewpoint. And we'll 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 see how uh, Schumer deals with that. But he's got a couple. He's got a new headache this morning. Carl Rove, thank you for everything you've done for our country and continue to speak out for our country. God bless you, and uh, God bless America. Thank you so much. Thank you, sir.